Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast for part two of our double celebration, our celebration of double winning team from 1931. As you can see, all the guests are here on time. We were going to be late, but of course, we're here now. As you can as you can see, we're joined by the regulars, people who've been on the channel before, Melvin Richard, who have co-helped get this sort of, basically sorted, basically. Part one of this celebration is over on Richard's channel, by the way, so you want to go and check that out. Later, uh, later on, you had Tom Watt, Melvin, um, yeah, and they did, 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 did their thing basically of what we're about to do tonight. And obviously, you can see Martin, who's been on it before, and who did a uh, Who and My Quiz. How you doing, Martin? Badly, yeah. by the way, very badly. <laughs> I only just made it again tonight. I've uh, got a little problem with modern technology, but anyway, thanks to Melvin, I'm here. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, and as you can also see, we were joined by one of the members of. That's that, that that famous season, Sammy Nelson. How are you doing, Sammy Nelson? He's not there. He is there. He pressed, has he pressed his button that says tap? Sorry, what, what was the question? No, I was just saying, can how, you hear me okay? how are you? Yeah, can, we can hear you. Can you hear us? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, He's nearer the equator than everybody else. <laughs> it's a bit of oh, uh... <laughs> it's a bit of breaking up. Ask me a question, or did anybody? Yeah, I was about, yeah, I was about, I was about to say, guys, mm -hmm. this is going to be open, open floor, basically, give you sort of your memories of of that season, and obviously got the man one of the men themselves here asking any questions you want to ask him as basic as well based on that season and yeah and also in the chat anyone that wants to ask panel questions as well feel free but yeah Martin go ahead yeah I've got a question for Sammy Sammy for the Tottenham game okay the last game of the season um I know John Samuels was the substitute were you at the ground Can you hear me, Sam? Maybe I'll put that in the in a in a chat to Sammy. Um, Sammy, can you hear me? <clears throat> Give me a thumbs up if you can. I was there, Martin. Yeah, I know, mate. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, I, as I say, I, I remember that that John Samuels was the substitute on the night. I think. Um, and uh, but I wondered if Sammy might have been part of the the travelling squad. Was he, you know, not so much on the bench as it were, but was he in the stands? But um, I'm not sure you can hear me. Yeah, I don't is it possible know. to get a note to Sam? Uh, the private chat should be open, so if you can, yeah, if you want to ask. Okay. Let me just someone put, yeah, someone puts it in the private chat. They can, yeah, he yeah, should be able to see it. Okay, All right, I'll do that. But whilst, yeah, whilst sorting you that quick out. Story? You mentioned John Samuels, Martin. Do you want a yeah. quick story? Yeah. yeah okay. Please. After the game at, at, uh, at White Hart Lane, I was lucky enough to go into the changing room with the players. And wow. amongst all the celebrations, uh, one of the most poignant memories I've ever had in all the years, 70 years of following Arsenal and many years of knowing uh, so many of the players, particularly this team, of course. Uh, in one corner of the changing room, John Samuels was sitting amongst all the celebrations. I can still picture him, the navy, Matt, knee-length raincoat on, 
and his head bows and tears streaming down his eyes. And uh, it wasn't, you know, John Samuels was a genuine lifelong Arsenal fan in childhood. And as everyone knows, he'd had a good career at Arsenal, but in the double season, he didn't get that many games. And he, he, he told me afterwards that he knew that, that he'd never play for the club again. He was going to be joining Leicester uh, for the next season, which he did. And um, he was inconsolable. And that stuck with me more than all the celebrations or anything else because he was such an Arsenal man, John Samuels. And uh, it was really quite heartbreaking. And he was pleased for the lads, but was broken-hearted himself, you know, and particularly knowing that he'd never played for the club again as well. But that was just a quick one with, uh, with John Samuels. It was yeah, a smashing game. That was sad. Yeah, yeah, I, I was... found myself lucky that I saw his last goal. Um, at Crystal Palace when we won 2-0 on the way to that double in March. Um, I think that was his last ever first-team goal. Um, well, came, off, someone, came off someone's backside and went in the goal, but he claimed it, that's for sure, as I would have done. Well, they all count, as they say. Yeah, yeah no, he was, he was a lovely footballer. Um, very elegant, um, with a, a, a stinging shot uh, and enormously great vision across the pitch. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, he was one of my one of my heroes, uh, definitely um, growing up. Yeah, sure. the problem was with, with Sammy Mark that um, he was too sensitive. When the crowd got on his back, it affected him greatly. <clears throat> you know, caused him to lose confidence, and that was the, you know, a little bit of that what they talk about mentality in players the whole time. He obviously had a good mentality. He had a good career, but his sensitivity made it very difficult for him to live with the with the Arsenal boo boys. I'm afraid, and. Uh, it had an impact on him and his performances. So, uh, but he had a he had a very good career at Arsenal, of course, and of course yeah. he scored a stand elect in 1972. Even I remember that one. Yeah. And uh, so he's got great memories, and he, he still loves the club. You know, I've seen him a few times over the years, and uh, you know his love for the club is undiminished. So, um, yeah, that's that's John Samuel, great guy, yeah. really nice guy. There's always a story to counterbalance all the excitement that went along with those uh, those special moments that that last week particularly. No, that's right. There's, there's loads of stories. I mean, you know, the whole season was one long story. Yeah, um, um, you know, you on the coach, the rest of the guys. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, I hear you now, Sam. Yeah. Oh, Sammy, yeah. Did you did you hear my original question, Sammy? Can you still hear us? I think he's got a bad connection down there. Yeah, I typed it in the I typed it in the private chat, so that might be, yeah. must be a I bit think delayed. It's very, windy. very windy on the south coast. Yeah, so right. Yeah, you see, it's giving him a parting right in the middle of his hair. <laughs> so tell me, of those that are on the um, on the pod tonight, who was at White Hart Lane? Me and me. And Melvin. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a vintage Ryan and Richard. So I'm yeah, going yeah. for that. <laughs> I was I was two I was two and a half years old, so unfortunately I wasn't there. Yeah, but you've um, got you've got a reasonable excuse. Reasonable excuse. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I, I don't even think I was aware it was happening at the time, unfortunately, but I've obviously uh, spent a lot of time studying it since and um obviously one of the I, I was talking about it last night, actually. It's one of the kind of, I know it's nothing I could have done about my age, but it's a time when I wish I'd been a bit older and I could have experienced that whole season, actually, because it sounds like it was an incredible 
um, time to be an Arsenal fan after all those years of um, not winning anything and then winning Affairs Cup and then the double. I mean, for you guys, that must have been just uh, an incredible couple of years, really, mustn't it? You know, I've been suffered in the 60s when, you know, Tottenham were winning things and, and we were struggling and to kind of come out of that with that team that we had. I mean, that would have been, I'm, I'm sure that was, um, I, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I didn't experience it, but for me, I don't think there could have been a lot that even since then, and we've had some great times since then, but is that the best kind of season that you guys ex have experienced as Arsenal fans, you think? I'll, I'll let the boys... Well, yeah, I don't want to keep taking the questions, but, you know, the catalyst for the double season, of course, was the winning of the Fairs Cup. And the confidence that that instilled, and the belief it instilled into the in, into that team, and for my generation, I'm not sure. I know Martin's a few years younger than me, oh. also, but you know, at that point, I'd been 17 years an Arsenal fan. I vaguely remembered them winning the league in 1953. So for that breakthrough against Anderlecht, um, it was massive. You know. We talk about White Hart Lane twice and all the usual Anfield, but that Anderlecht, although of course the, it was only the only the Fairs Cup compared with winning league titles and premierships, that was the most special moment after 17 years that we can actually claim a trophy again. And um, that, so that for me, probably if I have to even go with Anfield, where I was fortunate enough to be, and all the other uh, massive achievements that we've had in the years. That was the moment that meant everything. And uh, uh, that's how important that night was, to try and put it in perspective. The night of White Hart Lane, <clears throat> excuse me, it's very hard to separate that. And Anfield, I mean, you know, just been blessed really over all the years to see so many incredible achievements of Arsenal. But the, uh, the Anderlecht game was very much up there, or, or even slightly more important than winning the, the league at, at Tottenham. Um, to put it in perspective, from my viewpoint, I don't know how others feel about it. Um, any others uh, got comments on that that were um, maybe a similar age well, to both games? I went, um, I went there. I didn't get, I didn't sit with my father or Joey, as you know, you knew Joey was passing. But um, at the end of the game, I rushed down to where they sat and I took out my pocket a few bottles of baby shampoo. Because that's all I can Brilliant. That's all I can into the ground. And we opened up the baby sham, the three of us, and had a good drink on that. There wasn't a lot of it, but what we, we enjoyed every drop of it. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And it was, as you say, for me, not so much for you, Martin, for me, I've never seen this win anything. I've never seen this get past the fifth round of the FA Cup before that season. So to win the, the first cup, it was a very, very big thing. You must remember, Martin, when we played Liverpool two years running in the fifth round. And they beat us up twice. We, I thought, I'm never going to see this other team get past the fifth round. It's never going to happen. And all of a sudden, to win the first cup, and then the next season, the double, I just couldn't believe it. It was fantastic. And yeah, so many homegrown players as well. So many homegrown players. It was very, very good. Yeah, a bit more perspective on that on that one. I know we're meant to be talking about the double season, but going back to the um, Fairs Cup, of course, that we lost the two League Cup finals, mm -hmm. particularly losing to Swindon, the humiliation. And I know how the players felt about that. And uh, Frank McClintock and John Samuels, I was with them when they said they're going to ask for a transfer. We were talking about it. They couldn't, you know, they wanted to go to a more progressive club. 
So after those two disappointments, particularly the humiliation, as I said, of Swindon, to then go the next year and win the Fairs Cup, um, put a little bit more perspective in it. But the double season is phenomenal. Where do you start? So somebody else start talking about it. Otherwise, I'm talking too much. <laughs> All I can remember is that is that that Fairs Cup season. It sort of mirrors this season because we finished twelfth that particular season in 1969-70, which was a poor season, uh, all things considered. Even though we bloodied a lot of players um, during the, that season. Sammy, you made your debut um, during that season, uh, home to Ipswich in October. And um, we went downhill from there. Yeah. No, no, we didn't. We didn't, obviously. Um, <laughs> but it gave us the opportunity to see people like Sammy, people like um, Eddie Kelly, people like Ray Kennedy, you know, even Peter Marinello, the <laughs> and we began to see a new arsenal. And there are, there are parallels. I won't go any further than that. There are parallels with the current season, which could end up a very, very good season. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not looking at this uh, in, in, with a direct correlation, but when you look at how we can springboard as we did in 1969-70 to the double, um, it's there are possibilities and there are similarities there. So I'm, mm. I'm quite excited by the current team. But we'll get back to 1970-71. Um, and I, I can say that I missed one home league game that season. In fact, one home game at all, which we, we beat Ipswich Town 3-2 after uh, being 3-0 up and coasting. And we ended up hanging on grimly. Um, and although I wasn't well during that latter part of the season, I ended up missing the two semi-finals against Stoke because um, I was in hospital at the time. Um, I did go to a lot of those cup ties and I was only 15 at the time. So travel wasn't simple in those days. Um, I, I, I ended up going the following season to more games. Um, um, but it was it was a wonderful time to to to, to become a travelling member of the Arsenal away family. Um, and getting on the train to go down to Portsmouth, although not terribly far, was uh, a dream. You know, it was one of my, my most exciting away games, but not as exciting as Yeovil, which I ended up going down to uh, on the midweek because the game on Saturday was postponed. I did have a ticket for the Saturday game, which we, we were allowed to keep over, obviously, for the following Wednesday. But I was at school. I was 15. You know, in fact, I was 14 at the time, I think. Um, and... I bunked off school with two friends of mine and we were behind the goal. We went in school blazers. That's all we had. Uh, I had a, I had a, a sort of rucksack um, to take with me and I was behind the goal and I was on match of the day. Um, it was black and white, but there were three of us behind the goal, me and two fellas, Mick, Mick Harris and Stevie Walters. And there we were um, on match of the day, unknown to us that we were on TV for that split second that we always are in the crowd, okay? It's a second or two if you're lucky. And we didn't think anything of it. We knew nothing about it. We bunked off school. I told terrible lies to my parents that I was staying overnight at a friend's house. Um, and it was only next morning um, when we got back because it was like the old milk trains in those days. So we, we waited hours in Yeovil to get a train back to Paddington. Um, uh, very happy that we'd won the game 3-0. Um, and then walked into school in the afternoon, hoping that I would just, I suppose, just smooth my way in and be unnoticed. And so everyone started clapping. 
And of course, everyone had seen a glimpse of us with our blazers behind the goal. Um, it didn't do me any good at the end of the day. Um, the cane was the instrument of torture from my headmaster, um, but it wasn't nearly as bad as what I got from my dad when I got home. So that was my, um, my recollection of Yeovil away, 3-0. Um, two brilliant headers from uh, John Radford and uh, a, a, a tap-in from Ray Kennedy after the keeper had spilt it. But it was, a, it was a great moment and it was my most exciting away game up to that point. Um, but anyway, that's my, my recollection of Yeovil on the, yeah. the start of the trip. Yeah, I did those two trips, Martin. Just to go back to what you said a moment ago about the current team, the correlation and the, uh, and the 71 team, I've had the same thoughts as well. And mentioning and reminding everyone, in case you didn't know, is that 10 of our 17-man squad, were, including Sammy, of course, were homegrown players. Homegrown from the Arsenal youth system. And we all know what that means. George Graham had something similar when he came back to manage the club, loads of homegrown players. And uh, another thought on that season, I, incidentally, I, like you, I saw nearly all the games. I saw all the home games. I think I missed maybe four away games for, the, for all the other games as well. But the, um, you need luck, don't you, and everything. You know, when you reflect upon winning things and things that could have gone wrong, games you might have lost, penalties you got that maybe weren't a penalty... That season, something nearly happened which could have actually prevented the double season happening. And what that was, that early in the season, probably about September or October, uh, Arsenal tried to sign Bobby Hope from West Brom. Uh, they didn't succeed. West Brom didn't sell him. Don Howe was the link there, obviously, with Arsenal and West Brom. Now, had Bobby Hope have signed, the likelihood is that Arsenal would not have won the double because somebody would not have made the breakthrough that played a big role in eventually doing it. So, you know, things like that, uh, when you reflect on them, can change everything that happened, can change history, in fact. So Arsenal not signing, we hope, uh, probably helped us towards the double. Um, loads of other thoughts, but I'm talking too much. I think there's others there that haven't really had an opportunity, maybe, uh, if they, if they were around for the double team to make their contributions because they're endless. I could talk for hours about that team and about various games and situations and circumstances. It was a roller coaster ride. You know, we lost 5 0 to Stoke early on. Who would have backed Arsenal to win the league? You know, but they showed their character and went on a big winning run. Similarly, in the early part of the 71 year, I think they lost three away games on the trot. I think Liverpool and Derby were two of them. But then they bounced off. Huddersfield, yeah. Huddersfield, well done, yeah. Well, you're younger than me. Your memory's a bit sharper. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's a little <laughs> thing. You know, anybody else got any thoughts about anything specific in that season? Sam, what Sammy, you, mate? Sam, what was your first game that season? Who, me? <laughs> yeah, me, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> My first How game. How are you, Sammy? <clears throat> uh, well, can you hear me okay, yeah? It's hit yeah, me, Sammy. Bit like the first game I came on for uh, was against Tottenham. Yeah. Well, the two good. Uh, um, <clears throat> on the uh, 1-2-0 at Highbury, Jordy Armstrong scored two. That's right. <clears throat> but the funny thing was, I was... Your old friend, Martin uh, Wengrove, 
uh, Peter's story, <clears throat> what happened in the first game of this that season against Everton, what they did, yeah. normally the full-backs would have been Peter and Bob McNabb. But because Alan Ball was playing for Everton, Don Howe wanted to put man-to-man marking on Alan Ball. So he moved Peter Story to midfield to pick up Bolly and brought Pat Rice in at right back. And, you know, they did, it was a good result, too all, but Charlie broke his ankle in that game. And unfortunately, Rice got the hump because they left Pat out and moved Peter Story back to right back and had Peter Marinello as the, uh, to come on in the first team. But Ricey was to become sub. And what happened was after the, the game, they realised that it was a much better system with Peter Story in midfield and holding it with a bit of clout in there. And it worked out. So you think he played, I think, about 41 league matches, Peter Story. And the game that he missed, can you tell me what game it was? Yeah. Any of you? Tottenham. What game Little Peter Story missed in the league? Tottenham. Tottenham. The league. Any of you? No. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Tottenham. Hear you, yeah. Peter missed one game, and that yeah, was Tottenham. against Tottenham on that last league match. And then, I know that. Wow. And then, I know that, but what I'm saying is it's just, you're talking about swings and roundabouts. And I just feel that um, they, you know, they, they got a diamond. They got a diamond when they moved Peter to midfield, and um, and later on, when you think that Charlie was injured, Peter Simpson had damage to the cartilage, and John Roberts was in. So they did really well, and uh, to build up. And I actually, you know, some of the games I, I was substitute, you know, and you, you weren't always used to come on. It was usually if somebody was injured, but I was actually substitute when they lost 5-0 at Stoke. So perhaps it was quite a good game not to come on. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know, having said that, a few days later, they played Ipswich in a League Cup replay. And I think beat Ipswich 4-0 or 5-0. So they got that out of their system and got back on the road again. Um, so there's lots of pluses come out of that. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the biggest plus over that year was, you know, the emergence of Ray Kennedy, Eddie Kelly, and Charlie. And um, it was amazing, you know, but um, anyway, anybody, if you want to enlighten me with some other information, please do. Right, well, I think yeah. I think a couple of us might have this answer. I mean, Martin, definitely Martin, Martin Levy, a player played in two home games consecutively against the Arsenal Ivory and got beat 4-0 twice. You know it is. Does anyone, anyone else have a guess? Does Sammy know it is? I what, know who it is. What was that again? It must have been a Man United. No, not Man United. A team, some player played for a team at Ivory. We beat them 4-0. We get transferred to another team. Our next game was against his new team. We beat them 4-0 again. No, we turned up twice. Is it the one yeah, I was in studio yesterday, Melvin? Yeah, you were right, yes. Give up? Yep. Newton, Henry Newton. Hmm. He went from Forest <laughs> to Everton. 
Everton, wasn't it? One of them? <laughs> Everton. Yeah. You know, Morris start with any he signed for Everton. We beat Everton 4 0, they were the champions. That's right, yeah. They were current yeah. champions. Yeah, Sammy, we can still hear you, by the way. Don't oh, good. Just... That's all right. Yeah, that's cool. Also, got there's a few comments in there. There's a couple of questions from Neil. I'll get to in a second. But PG in the chat is also saying Leeds are still complaining about the West Brom goal. That was an incredible decision from the referee and the linesman between them, wasn't it? It's unbelievable. Yeah. What about no, VAR? Yeah. Melvin, it wouldn't because it benefited us. They, they definitely wouldn't have given it. <laughs> Conspiracies and all that, yeah. Uh, Neil in the chat has got a few questions. The first one is, who was the toughest player you lads faced in that 71 season? Uh, in that season... Um, <clears throat> I think there are quite a lot of tough players. I think that, you know, um, there are maybe a few in Leeds, a few in um, maybe Liverpool. There were always a couple of, you know, hatchet men. Even people like, you play the Southampton, they had a few really, they could put it about. And, you know, one that you wouldn't think was dirty, but was filthy, was Terry Payne. And if you can remember yeah. Terry Payne, he was a right winger. And he, yeah. he was a nasty bit of work. You know, he, he was a bit like Mike Summerby. You know, Mike was a very competitive, as, as they say, but he did like to go for the top <laughs> and uh, leave his mark. Um, so all the teams, there wasn't one Jamie, team I know, that did. I know somebody who did that. I know, I know a left back that used to do that as well. Oh, I want names. Give me a name. Peter Story. No names. No names. Sammy <laughs> <laughs> was as hard as anybody. Thank God I was the right winger. That's all I can say. He yeah. was a really strong tackler. Nasty with it, weren't you, Sam? Good luck, mate. Well, no. Give it a smile. I just tried to please the fans. You see, you have to... You've, you, you fellas have paid a lot of money to come and watch and get results and see us try to get results. And it doesn't always happen. And when you, when you don't get a result, the players are just as disappointed as the fans. And as well, it, from my point of view, it was, could be quite upsetting. It ruins your whole weekend and, you know, until the next game. Um, so there were, there were lots of players that um, you wanted on your, on your team. And we had those in abundance in the double year. And uh, the competitiveness and the will to win was immense. And it gradually, the momentum just, it just built and built and built. And if you look, if you can remember the games, I think we played, was it Stoke City and Burnley? I think we won 1-0, 1-0. And they were really hard, hard games. You know, you wouldn't say it was the best football but exciting in the sense that the tension was there. We had to win the game. And, uh, you know, to get the goals and get the two points as it was then yeah. was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, the, the, the game, you know, when I go back and think about how we played so well leading up to the Stoke City game, 
than to lose 5-0. And you, you think to yourself, 5-0 against Stoke City, you just wouldn't have. It, it looked as if we had gone bent to lose 5-0. It was just ridiculous. I don't know if any of you went to the game. Did, yep. did you all? Yeah, yeah, it was. No, it was. I mean, it was probably a good yeah. game to miss. I think everything Sammy. went wrong. Stoke were a good team, Sammy. You know, I think you think about Stoke as being one of the lower teams, but they, you know, like many teams in that first division, they were a strong side with a lot of good players. And of course, we had the two semi-finals against them as well, which uh, you know, which, which we so nearly yeah. went out. So, uh, they were a good team, and uh, but nothing went right for us oh, that yeah, day. We couldn't. Yeah, they were good. They were good. There were some good, very good players in their team. But we always would have fancied ourselves against any of those teams. You know, I think when when you realise you had uh, we had a squad of seventeen, and everybody, you know, they they fitted in and they they went into positions where um, it was quite ironic that uh, one of the games we played early in the season because of injuries, um, we played Chelsea and we we lost two one, and. That we had the four fullbacks, Pat Rice and Bob McNabb were fullbacks, and Peter Story and I were in midfield, central midfield. And it was a really good game, and we were very unlucky to lose. But it, it was trying to fit in and do your best for the team. And, you know, um, to be honest, um, I think we, we showed a lot of metal in that particular game. We really did. And, uh, very disappointed to, to have lost that game. But the team came back well. And, you know, when you had people like Charlie coming back after his broken ankle and uh, some of the goals that he scored, it was immense. It really was. Sammy, you, were you there in Rome when we um, had that um, little altercation <coughs> after the game with Lazio? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was there. Uh, <coughs> actually... Uh, the, one of the guys we were just talking about, Ray Kennedy. Uh, normally with those games, after after the game, you'd have a banquet and got a lovely presentation of a leather wallet that was, you know, sort of nicely gold leaf, you know, Lazio versus Arsenal in September, whatever it was, 1970. Got the presentation, lovely meal in the restaurant, came out and to get on the coach. And I walked out with Ray Kennedy. We were first out. And we were uh, standing in the street, and um, <clears throat> and I said to Ray, just chatting, I said, those four guys, they don't look too happy. And one of them was the centre half that was Martin Ray. And uh, obviously, Ray must have given them a couple of digs during the game because he took plenty from this centre back as well. So they walked towards us, and it was a bit like high noon. So the four of them came up, and as he, the centre half, walked towards, Ray was to my right. The centre house walked up and he's tried to knee Ray in the Watsons. And Ray's got a hold of him and smashed him, knocked him back on, on the ground. And the other guys, they looked, they didn't know what to do. So I had my fists up ready. And they, they just they just backed off. But at that, the rest of the team came out down the steps of the restaurant. The Italian players, they came out. Next thing, there was all sorts of scuffles and fights and that. And I can recall one guy... Uh, I think John Woodward, his name was, and Woody got thrown over a, like a, a Fiat 500. You know, he went screaming across this car. And, you know, it just, it was built up out of nothing. And within minutes, then the police had arrived and 
Bertie Me was going mad and uh, trying to get us to get on the coach. And of course, the, the Italians were saying it was all because we had too much to drink. In fact, we didn't, you know, and um, it, was, it was great because they intimidated the team right from the very first minute in the stadium. And their fans were absolutely lethal. You know, spit, they were even spitting at us, you know, trying to, as you come up the transparent panel, they were leaning up against it and spitting. You know, it was really quite violent, but, you know, I suppose you have to adapt. And, um, but as I say, Ray sorted the guys out and it really, it shouldn't have developed any, anything further. Um, and I mean, Ray's a very useful fellow to have around you. <laughs> Put it like that. I've been in a few places with him and um, in a few matches as well. And I've never, ever, ever seen anybody do anything to him and not get, a, get one back. If they attempted to do anything to him, eventually he would, he would bring a calling card to them before the 90 minutes was up. But a really good fellow to have in your team. Put it like that. Yeah, not a so bad player. I oh, was fantastic. One of the best. You know, it's a yeah. shame, really, you know, that he, he left. He left us to go to Liverpool. Yeah. But yeah. that was another case where, you know, they thought Bertie me thought better, and you know, then we signed Brian Kidd, and we had Brian for a couple of seasons. He wasn't going to stay any longer. He was going to head back to north, up north, and. Um, Again, it was a real shame, but you know. But what I, I haven't heard you mention, you talk about the, the double team and how they, they they won that league and everything else was amazing. And then I saw the the photograph, you know, the team photographed the squad with the with the trophies, and and there was Don Hard was the coach, but you don't realise Don left immediately afterwards. He didn't stay for the 71-72 season. He left to go to West Bromwich. And he took George Wright, the physio, with him. Brian Whitehouse, another coach. So you're starting to get um, people leaving the club when we had a good base, good you know, coaching set up and everything else. And then you have to try and get the confidence of a new coach. And we had um, Steve Burtonshaw. He stepped up from the reserves. And, you know, he was a good coach. But, you know, Don had the respect of all the players and, um, you know, he was a big, big miss. So much so that when Terry Neal was manager, he was struggling. And eventually the best signing that he did was bringing Don Hyde back in, I think it was in 77, August 77. And, you know, well, the next few years were great for us again. So although we should have maybe won more, but we didn't. But that was a sad thing that Don left the club to go to West yeah. Bromwich. And as far as I was concerned, I did, he was a great coach, but I don't think he was management material. It's a different kettle of fish entirely. Yeah. Can I, can I so just I make know. an observation while I'm thinking about, we're talking about things and we've spoken about things that have changed the season. We're going back to that first game against Everton where bad luck transformed the season probably the bad luck was charlie george i think was it a broken ankle sammy that he got yeah and of course right. charlie and john rathford had developed a good partnership together they were gelling very well 
But of course, what yeah. happened with Charlie uh, breaking his leg, it let Ray Kennedy into the team and you've got the famous Bradford and Kennedy combination and what a season they had. I don't know, 45, 50 goals between them in the, uh, in the football Maybe. league. Once again, that little bit of bad luck maybe transformed us into the uh, double-winning team. So, yeah. um, I thought that would be an interesting point to make. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, you're right. I just felt, I felt that, uh, you know, when, you know, when you've played alongside people like, you know, it's great when you come through the whole system, the youth team, the third team, the reserve, and you, you gel with people, you get to know them and the strengths and weaknesses of people. And when you see somebody like Ray Kennedy, and Ray, he was never ever out of his depth in any shape or form with any against any club team, even playing for England. He was unbelievably strong, great control, and could score goals out of nothing. And with with the way he developed his relationship and partnership with Raddy was fantastic. It really was incredible. And they just gel so well. That's the beauty of it. You get somebody like then um, Charlie coming back into fitness, and you look at some of the goals that then he was starting to score in the latter half of the season. If you remember the goals he got against Manchester City in the Cup, yeah. the main road. If you, yeah. So you do have to have a bit of luck. You have to, unfortunately, um, rely on maybe somebody. If they get in, you don't rely on it, but if they get injured and you get an opportunity to step in, you've got to take advantage. And Big Ray certainly did that. <clears throat> it was uh, superb, it really was. Could I just say, Sammy, it was, you know, despite the fact that he was doing brilliantly and scoring regularly, he always believed once Charlie was fit, he'd be straight out of the team again. Ray, I used to speak to him in the players' lounge afterwards, and he said, oh, as soon as Charlie's fit, I'll be out of the team again. And of course, it was a logical thing to make you think. But then, of course, the other bit of luck is Charlie dropping into a, a midfield role, uh, which he yeah. played brilliantly uh, the second part of the season when he recovered. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's like, there's three different things, aren't there, that go on in the course of a season that maybe transform it for the better or for the worse, you know. And uh, in our case, everything <laughs> for the better. It fell into place perfectly. And poor John Samuels yeah. lost out. He lost his place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, John was a, a great player. But I think, you know, you know, in the respect of, of John, I think at that stage, maybe he'd heard a couple of whispers that they were going to try and sign somebody else, which, you know, you mentioned Bobby Hope. And also as well, they did eventually uh, sign Bobby a year later. Or no, no, a few months later. Sorry, that was after we won the double. So I think then that he, he had had maybe... A couple of whispers that Ipswich were interested in him and Leicester City. And then, of course, he went to Leicester. And, you know, you get to a certain age, and if you're not going to get regular first-team football, <clears throat> then, you know, obviously, he's getting the chance to play in the first division and getting regular football. And it, it, it suited him right down to the ground, and he had a great career at Leicester. So you feel yes. sorry for people like that because he was Arsenal through and through, and still is, still is. You know, so, um, but you just keep your fingers crossed that somebody else will step up into his place. And, you know, we will rely a bit on Eddie Kelly. And then Eddie, you know, you know, things got a bit 
maybe too much for for Eddie. You know, he got married and you know, young uh, kids and everything else. So it was a big ask, you know, for him to try and maintain his um, his greatness you know, over the previous uh, first cup year and the double year. But you know, I'm I'm just just saddened that Eddie didn't really stamp his authority on the club for the next ten years. You know, so you know it's it's your luck. You know, you're either ready to play and ready to take part in the you know the team for a long time, not just one week. You know, you want to be there for months and months and months because that's what you train for. You know, and then when you get an opportunity to play for a club like Arsenal, and if you don't take it, you will regret that for the rest of your life. Let me tell you. And some of those guys probably wished they had taken a different turning rather than some of the things that happened to them. But anyway. Interesting. Oh, so. You're right, Sammy. Eddie should have had a much better career at Arsenal. Um, he was a terrific player. You know, I mean, he lacked a bit of pace, but he had everything else to his game. And uh, of course, he, they made him captain, I think, in about 1976. So he was still very highly thought of. But uh, it couldn't really, uh, lacked a bit of fitness, didn't he, really, as well? A bit of pace and a bit of fitness, Sammy, to, uh, to, to, to have the career that he should have had, really. Yeah, well, I think, you know, as I said, he got married quite, he was quite young and a big responsibility because I think he had that three children within three years, literally. And, you know, and it was too much to cope with. And I think, you know, sometimes when Alan Ball arrived, then things that were a wee bit unsettling at times with um, the way things were manipulated. And I think Eddie felt a bit as if, although he was the captain, uh, Bolly was more or less like sort of dictating and taking charge. And it didn't sort of really gel too well. And I think in the end, Eddie, Eddie more or less just stepped down from it. He said he couldn't do it, you know, which was a shame. But, you know, and then Bolly took over and that was that was it for another little while. Yeah, Bolly was a strong character, wasn't he, Sam? <laughs> to put it mildly. Well, there's lots of politics going on, Martin, as you well yeah, know. Indeed. Yeah. <clears throat> there's, there's, sorry, there's a couple more questions in the chat from Neil again saying, just, I'll do two in one hit. First off, during the double winning season, who was the dressing room clown and who was the most serious player out of, out of the entire team? And did you believe? Did you ever believe George Graham would go on to be the manager he was, especially when he joined Arsenal as a manager later on down in his career? Uh, well, regarding George, <clears throat> excuse me, George was um, he was a he was a good player and a great header of a ball. And I always remember because afterwards, when he became manager, and he was very dictatorial about how he, the players should behave and you know dress properly. And, and prepare for games. We used to do these cross countries at Coney, London Coney, and we'd run at centre off and we'd run up, and it was a continuous climb through ploughed fields and everything else. And about halfway up, there was a hedgerow that went along the ploughed fields. And what happened? We would all be charging up, and George would get the other side of the hedgerow and hide there. So gradually, after about another 15, 20 minutes, we'd be winding our way up and you go up to the top of these hills and then out over a gate onto a road, country road, up the top of the country road 
turn right over another gate, down through other ploughed fields and everything else. Then we'd be, we'd be running down through the ploughed fields, coming just past the hedge again. And the next thing after about maybe, it wouldn't be one of the first, the quicker uh, runners or the one with, with most stamina. He would be hiding there and waiting for about maybe six, seven or eight people to go through. Then he would jump in and come going through and giving all the, the motions and saying really as if he had really building up through the, the fields and everything else without a, a care in the world and really giving it as, as much as he could. And Bertie Mead was saying, well done, George, well done. He hadn't run. He'd run about a quarter of the whole thing. And that's it. He's the guy they've got in all the discipline. Oh, it was, it was so funny. Who on you? And, well, I mean, it was just, it was hilarious, really. It was just, how, how Bertie didn't, you know, like an example was in that pre-season leading up the double. We were in Sweden. And we went, we had three guys, Don Howe, Bertie Mee, and George Wright. They were to keep an eye on us during this cross country through the woods. And they're all, we had to follow the arrows and there were ditches and everything. And Charlie was coming through and, you know, we were sort of laboring through the woods and that, uh, trying to follow one another. And Bertie Mee had, he was shouting, come on, come on to people. And he, he backed off and didn't realize there was a ditch behind him. And he fell into this ditch and he was so small, he was, he couldn't get, he was reaching up and he saw Charlie and went, Charlie, Charlie, and, you know, Charlie. And Charlie, he gave him an expletive, something off, you know, and just carried on running. And Bertie was struggling trying to climb out of the ditch. It was just, it was hilarious. But anyway. So, um, um, I think a lot, sorry, a lot of people I, knew about it. Can I just give a, a shout before we, I don't know how long there is to go, but, you know, reflecting on that team again, about two or three other players with a couple of observations. I'll mention uh, Bob McNabb first because he, he was a fantastic fullback, as Sammy well knows. He kept him out of the team that season. Uh, Bob was a, a very strong player indeed, a very good tactician. But he was a right-footed left back, and he, you know, he did have a problem crossing the ball when he broke down the left with a little trio with George Armstrong and George Graham. But a wonderful defender, and Sammy, I'm sure, will agree that along with Frank, they really organised that defence. So I'm mentioning him. I'm going to mention George Armstrong because, of course, Arsenal uh, broke their record transfer fee of £100,000 to replace George Geordie with uh, Peter Marinello. And he certainly rose to the challenge, Geordie, because what a season he had. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. And lastly, we haven't mentioned the most inspirational person in football that I've ever met, and that's our skipper, Frank McClintock. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Tony Adams, uh, arguably, of course, uh, is the greatest captain of all time. It's about opinions. And Tony won far more things than Frank. Uh, and he was a wonderful player. But I personally, and I still meet up with Frank, he hasn't changed a bit. He's still got that love and passion for football. And uh, I think he, I think he's the greatest captain that Arsenal have had. And it's not because I know him personally. I really believe that. But of course, um, Tony Adams has got a shout as well there. Thought I'd mention those few players. And Peter Simpson, wonderful. What a talent he yeah. was. He gets recognised, Peter Simpson. I mean, it's, it's funny because... 
Was somebody else was there? Were you going to mention somebody else? No. No. Well, you're talking about Frank and Peter Simpson. Um, it's amazing to think of those guys. They're not. They weren't the tallest centre backs. And if you can remember, Win Davis, Ron Davis. Do you remember those guys? Win Davis used yeah, to play oh, for. Yeah. Yeah. He was, a, he was a, a giant, you know, great in the air. Ron Davis, fantastic in the air. But they still competed with people. And they could they could judge when the crosses, corner kicks, the, the setup was to block um, Ron Davis's run. So somebody, either Peter Simpson or Frank, would be quite close to him. But somebody would be about a yard in front of Ron Davis so that he couldn't get a big enough run to leap up. And... It, the way they did it, the way they didn't, we didn't hold shirts or tug shirts or anything like that. But it was really brilliant the way they did it. Uh, I mean, and Nabbers was was funny as well, Bob McNabb. I mean, you, you know yourself, he could talk a great game as well, as you well know. By the time you finished talking to him after a night out, you had cauliflower ears and you had to go and soak them in a sink for about two weeks. And he was just unbelievable. But, you know, he, he was defensively and everything, and he could talk. Without a shadow of doubt, yeah, of course he, he was right-footed left back, but Emlyn Hughes was like that, you know. So, and I suppose maybe when he was running with the ball, it was difficult for him to try and hit a ball on the run with his left foot. But you know, he he, he covered everything and did really well, um, you know. And with Jordy, we Jordy Armstrong, he was brilliant, and he he did get the hump because they signed Peter Marinello, and obviously they thought, or Jordy thought, well, he's bought. Um, Peter to replace me and I'm not going to have it I'm going to really compete with him and jo that was what Jordy was like, he was great and you know, okay it's it's a great thing to do uh, maybe a, a bit of a trick to manipulate somebody to perform and if it means signing another player and Peter Manuel <clears throat> was a really talented kid really was a lovely, lovely guy but he just didn't have the the, well, the understanding of how the game was played. You know, he just thought he was playing up in Scotland and he was a bit free and easy. And, um, you know, but he had tremendous talent. And if I say to you, Peter Marinello's first game was against Manchester United at Old Trafford. And in the team talk, and that was one of the games I'd played in. Now, this wasn't the double year, but Peter... <laughs> He, he said that Don Howe said to Peter, he said, Peter, he said, you're playing against Tony Dunn. He's one of the fastest fullbacks. Don't take him on. Don't push it wide. You know, don't go, you know, you'll never get past him. First couple of minutes, Peter gets the ball and he runs at him, pushes it past him, cuts in and scores a fantastic goal. I wish he'd only done it against Ajax a couple of years later, whenever yeah. it was, when we lost at Highbury. But, you know, but he, he was amazingly talented, but unfortunately just couldn't adapt, couldn't put his mind to, to really focus and and be determined about staying in the team. He just, he was a bit, he's a bit like David Cassidy. Do you remember David Cassidy? He was, used to be um, one of the pop stars and he had spots in his face. Peter was like that. And then he had to, the cheek to do a milk advert to you know to give you clean healthy skin, yeah. <laughs> but he was a lovely guy, you know, and you know. But it's all part and parcel of the whole squad. You know, all different 
backgrounds all from different parts of the UK, you know, Glasgow, you know, rough areas and, you know, people northeast like Ray Kennedy and Raddy from Yorkshire, you know, and Raddy still talks like that as well. You know, you, you wish he'd had elocution lessons, you know, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but tell him that in the phone, I wouldn't tell it to his face. <laughs> you know. But Frank, Frank, I must say to you, just going back, he was a, a tremendous captain and he worked wonders for the, the guys and encouraged everybody. And when it came to nitty gritty, he was there, make no mistake. So all in all, it was, you know, they were, they were a squad of players that really zoomed in for that couple of years. And, you know, it's a shame that after that, you know, people tend to maybe be thought of as, oh, it's time for them to move out of the, the club and sign somebody else. But, you know, they made a mistake with Frank letting him go too early. But I, I'm not the manager. Hmm. Oh, so, so, oh, sorry, sorry. Was there somebody... We've got another comment in the chat from someone called Terry... He says he's uh, not. It's not, a, it's not a question. It's a comment. Basically saying, Sammy, I remember when you kick kicking Man United's Remy Moses into row Z, and after the game you signed his program and you kissed him on the head, and from that day onwards you're his hero. Oh, I thought you meant to kiss Remy Moses on the head. <laughs> 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 well, that, that's very kind of me. Yeah, um, but you see, I I thought I always said to people uh, to ingratiate themselves. People, for example, they. Charlie used to ingratiate himself with the crowd at um, at Highbury because he was a local boy. And I used to say to, to you know the, the the players and everything, you know, talk to talk to the, the fans. You know, when the, the ball used to go out of play, go off the track, down into the wells, and you had to bend down and you know, and you'd see people in the crowd who were looking. And I used to say hello to them. It's a lovely day, isn't it? You know, we're doing okay, aren't we? You're chatting to them, and they would look at you as if. What are you doing? Like, what, why are you talking to me? And it was just like, well, you pay money to come and watch us and be entertained. And if you can talk to people and, you know, and, and they remember going and go back and they say to their dad at home or mother or whatever, he was chatting away to me and the game was going on. So there's things like that. I used to, I used to love doing that. You know, and I, I really think that maybe it didn't sort of, Gel with too many people, but I always thought you know that was part of the part and parcel of the whole setup is to make sure that you give the fans full value, not only with the game but being a bit of a a guy that can talk to people and thank them very much, you know, for coming and supporting. You know, Sony is very little. What about you, that, you know, reflecting back. Sorry to interrupt you. 50 years ago, the way the fans like myself and the players would mix freely together in the pub. You remember every Saturday night at the White Hart. I think, did you come along or did you stay locally in, with with Charlie and the guys or did you come up to the White Hart on a, on a Saturday? Well, I see, well uh, it depended where I was in digs. You know, for the, for the first eight years or so, um, you know, I was in digs. You moved from one place to another, but I was with the same landlady in her family. You probably know the guy that, um, he, well, he used to, uh, yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. And so, the, 
so with John and that, um, and I wouldn't sort of go out socializing with John, you know, it was different, but I would go maybe up to the White Hart, maybe with Ricey or something, or, or with a couple of the other guys when I was in Islington, we would go down the, the East End. And, you know, I used to have some laughs with people, you know, after a match at Highbury, I, I came back, we had no, sorry, a match at Chelsea, we beat Chelsea the year after the double year, and I came back, got my car, and went down to pick a mate up in Islington to go down to the East End to this it was a nice pub. A fellow called Johnny Barton owned it, and his son Warren Barton used to play for Newcastle. But Johnny Barton had this pub, it was a bit rough. So I went down with my mate about seven o'clock, hardly anybody there. Just got my first beer, was just having a sip, and the door crashed open. And I thought, oh. And this guy looked, came in, he looked around, he went, and, and he saw my mate. And he said, oh, he recognized my mate. And he started chatting away. And he kept looking at me. And I was just sipping the beer. And he said to my mate, are you playing Sunday football tomorrow? Are you playing this? And, and my mate said, yeah. He said, are you playing? He said, yeah. I said, and then eventually this guy, he turned around. And he said, um, he said, I've seen you somewhere before. He said, have you ever played over the marshes? You know, Hackney marshes, like 150 pitches. I was devastated, and my mate nearly fell on the floor laughing. He says, "I said he just left Chelsea this afternoon for Arsenal," and he went. He was he was devastated as well because he was so embarrassed. But I thought I thought it was lovely that he thought I'd played at Hackney Marshes. Oh, that's where he thought I probably should have played. But pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, we've got another question in the chat from uh, Tracy. She says, hi, lads. After a brilliant season, did any of you think the team was capable of winning more going after that season, basically? Well, uh, it was broken up too early. That's why. It's one of the... But we did come second in the league and got the cup final, I think, the next season. We came, we came second. We came up in the 72-73 season. Came, the came around was up there. We lost in the semi-final to Sunderland in '73. So I mean, that that but that's where it started. The cracks started to appear uh, because they signed Jeff Goffey to replace Frank, and then and then Jeff got a, a bad injury. You know, it's it's very difficult because you're they were looking on only having small budgets for the managers to work on and to buy players to replace. And you couldn't buy somebody unless you sold somebody. Whereas, you know, some of the teams today, Man City or whatever, Chelsea, they can find whoever they like and not worry about having uh, to sell somebody else to replace them, you know, to get the money back in. So, um, Bertie Me was under a lot of pressure, but in the end, he couldn't get back the sort of same tempo as the squad of 71. He just couldn't do it. It's a shame. Yeah, I think uh, the Pavel team should have achieved a great deal more, um, Sammy. And uh, I think you've got to look at Bertie for that, as, you, as everybody said, sold players much too quickly. And losing uh, Frank, and I think you sold them, you know, so it was either one or the other. But losing Frank, uh, Frank went on and had a great career at QPR. What is it, three or four years? I think he played till he was 38. He could have done a great job for Arsenal over those years. And uh, but I suppose it's difficult for the managers when yeah, they uh, fall out of the player. Yeah, but I, 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 my, yeah. Okay. My, 
my point, sorry, Martin, my point really was the main the main man that we lost was Don Howe. Yeah. If we'd have kept Don, if we'd have stayed there, we'd have been fine. You know, and it's, 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 when you look back. Do you think Bertie Me uh, tried hard enough to keep Don Howe there? Oh, what's your feelings on that? Well, I, you know, he realized, Bertie realized that Don was a very popular person and that, you know, for somebody like Don, you know, maybe Bertie thought Don was a threat to him, but Don wasn't a threat in the, in the least. He wasn't, you know, as I said, he wasn't a manager. And, you know, unfortunately, that was proven, uh, you know, at West Bromwich. And also he came back to Arsenal as well and took over, I think, from Terry Neal. But um, it really was a shame, you know, I wish he had stayed and just to see what the, the impact would have been, I think it would have been fantastic. Because his, his input on who he would like as a what players to bring through and who to let go and, and who to sign, it, it, it would have been immense. really yeah. would. Oh, well, it's all history now. What, a, what about today's team, guys? Before uh, How do we feel about Thursday? Well, we just, um, you know, have to keep... Everything crossed, Martin. <laughs> it's just you. You can't. You can never back against Arsenal. You just don't know. Uh, no matter what period, whether it's the 1980s, the 90s, or whatever, or even now, you just don't back against them. And you just fingers crossed. Trust that the whole bunch of them realise the opportunity they've got to sort of stamp their name. And a bit of history again, and you know, and actually try and sort of, you know, thank the fans for what they have done in the for this pandemic over the last year or so, with nobody being there. We all need as supporters, we need something from the guys on the pitch to put us and get us through, because they will make a great, um, a great bash uh, in terms of winning that and getting through the final and perhaps if they do get the final and win it. I mean, you know, after the ups and downs of this season, to win something like that would be just immense, really would. And I think, you know, the players should realise that. And if that's not drummed into them uh, for this game on Thursday, well, I don't know what's what they need to know about it. Everything be cared for them. I'm feeling very confident. Uh, maybe a bit more confident than David Lewis. Uh, bit, I think he's a loss, but I, I really think we're going to go through, and uh, I think we're going to win it, guys. Really? That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Let's be honest. Like the season we've had this season, that'd be absolutely fantastic. And they're going to be our first European trophy since Mike Copenhagen in '94 as well. Which was actually on this day, May the fourth, by the way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Great Arsene Wenger couldn't win the European trophy, which is a, a bit of a stain on his career, unfortunately. I think you mis misunderstand Mr. Wenger in the sense that what he brought to the club, and I remember exactly talking to you at Highbury, and you were saying, this is it. 
different gravy. This guy's football is different gravy. I think those were your exact... And you said to me, the football that we play... And let me tell you, the game we played that night was against Ozer, and we lost. So I thought, we better go and round you up and, and put, you, put you up about on the flagpole. <laughs> you know, we were so adamant about... You know, he, was, he was amazing what he did and the transformation of the type of players. You know, for those, you know, the Invincibles and everything else... You won't see anything better than that. You know, you know, but maybe you would. The 71 team would have given him a good bash. Don't worry. There's also a nice parallel that the, um, the final is on the 26th of May. Um, yes. and I think we all know what happened on the 26th of May. I was so, six uh, days old that year. That year. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm referring to these sorts of... Uh, of uh, superstitions, um, but uh, why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah. What, what was it? What was it? Twenty sixth of May. Then what was that? Did I miss out on that? I, I, I heard it might be uh, certainly not your birthday, Sam. That's for sure. Um, but, um, yeah, that was. It was a bit of a night, but that's that's for another occasion. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for anyone that hasn't noticed as well, yeah. Melvin's got a bit of a mem memorabilia with him tonight in the background. Do you want to tell people about this? <laughs> well, the is not, he did the auction. Do you remember that? Sam? What? Oh, if anybody's interested, Manchester City has just uh, taken the lead and they're leading 3 1 against PSG. I thought this, I went to, uh, there was a report, I think 40 years since the double, 10 years ago, obviously. Arsenal had a do on, I was there with Stan, my friend Stan, and this come up for auction, this ball. I thought, well, it's going to go for so much money. But as the bidding started, it wasn't very high, so I thought I'd get involved. I got to a level and I said to my friend Stan, well, that's my lot done. Go hard. He goes, all right then. And we got it. And after we got the ball, Martin said to me, he said, how table was going to be for that. But once I knew you were going through, we let you have it. Is that all right, Martin? <laughs> Do you remember that? Well, yeah, I think, I think it's worth a lot more than you paid, Melvin. Let's put it that way. Good well, it's, it's lovely to have. I think I can see Charlie's you know, foot mark where he scored it. But it's, uh, you know, being a captain as well, seeing the ball come towards me behind the goal before he made it 2-1, Charlie, it's oh, fantastic. I never thought that one day I had a 50% share in that ball going in there. It was wonderful. Oh, wonderful. And what a day that was as well, the cup for him. Absolutely fantastic. One weird game on can you hear us, Sam? Sammy, can you hear me, Sam? Yeah, I can. Yeah, it's just, I was okay. just moving a couple there was of files. A, there was a question that I, I asked right at the beginning. was, where were you when the game took place at White Hart Lane? Were you part of the of the, of the team? I know you weren't on the bench. but No, I was, up, that, that I was up in the stand. I was up in the... Right. So they scored the goal, Ray scored the goal to my right. So I was in the stand up looking to the right. So I don't know what yeah. stand that was, but... That's the, yeah, that's the other there. stand at, um, at uh, was it the East Stand or was that no, the, the East Stand at what uh, at Tottenham, was, was, uh, was Avenue? Yeah, I was on the shelf that night when there was no segregation. Yeah. 
hard to believe that there was no segregation uh, um, between the fans on that occasion. Yeah, they didn't need to be. It was all Arsenal fans. Mark. It was, yeah. It was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, they won't forget that. And if I tell you before I go, ironically enough, you know, it, uh, this is the 50th anniversary and Tottenham, uh, maybe you, you know and maybe you don't know, but my brother-in-law was the captain of Tottenham when they won the double in 61. Of course, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah. Danny, Danny, Danny Blanchford. He was my brother-in-law. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you've, we've got Not many people know that, Sam. Yeah. Well, you're married to Ralph, Sam, when you played for Northern Ireland, wasn't it? Well, let's, well, I told you that when he when he was he became manager in Northern Ireland and um, and I was playing and and I went I went to up to him and I said to him, look, Danny, I said there's only a couple of people uh, of the players know that there's a family connection, you know, that Pat Rice and Pat Jennings, and I said, you know, just pick the team on merit, and he said, don't worry, he says, leave that to me. Next game, he dropped me. <laughs> yes, he didn't before he dropped me. <laughs> so I thought, so good. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that was Dan trying to, trying to make his point over me. <laughs> but anyway, well, is, is everything okay? Is it, is it time to wind up or what happens here? We've got, we've got another, about another 10 minutes, we'll start winding up. Yeah, we've got a couple more questions for the chat and then we'll wind things up. That's okay with you? Well, yeah, I'll have to put my hot chocolate on the back burner. I think Sammy's getting hungry. What? Getting hungry, Sammy. want your dinner. Is there another question? What? Was that another yeah. question? No, no. The, que <laughs> the question is, there's two questions. The first one is, do you think today's players realise the privilege of playing for the Arsenal? And if you could, what, what would you tell the team before the game on, on Thursday? Well, um, I think some of them take uh, take the club for granted. You know that it's just a, another football club, and they don't they just don't understand the history of the club and what it means to people in the borough of Islington and Woolwich and so forth. And you know, it's a different mindset for a lot of these foreign guys. And you know, to them, it's a two year contract, three year contract. They'll move on. They're not worried about long service or anything like that. And, you know, it, it is very difficult to, to get over to them that, you know, there's many, many, many thousands of Arsenal supporters are desperate for success on Thursday night. And they're reliant on you. They really are reliant on you. And if you cannot get yourself going and up for this game, you might as well pack the game in. Because in the end, you're destroying a lot of people's hopes and wishes and by not giving a, a good... A just, it, it's frustrating. What I'm trying to say is that some of the guys, you, they tend to just, oh, I could have got that ball, I could have got that tackle, but they pull out and don't follow through and collect, you know, tackle properly, get the ball and carry on. But they seem to just say, oh, somebody else will get that. They need to have the whole squad fighting for 
for every ball and everything. Um, and whether that's instilled in them before they go onto the pitch or not, I don't know. I don't know who sort of winds the players up or who within the team winds the players up. Is there anybody there that I, I can't really see anybody that really stirs the players up within the no, team? Within the there's no big captain there. There's, there's two or three leaders, you know, probably just Louise and Zaka, but there's nobody, no real inspirational captain. And uh, they don't yeah. throw on trees, you know, they don't throw on trees. I think these days, managers don't give so much importance to the captaincy like in, back in the day with us. And uh, I think they expect the players to just do it themselves. And uh, unfortunately, very often they don't. No, well, that's, this is the, what I'm saying, you know, for a number of years, it was okay when you had people like Vieira. He understood. Bergkamp understood. Henri understood about Arsenal. But these other people, you know, recently, some of them just they don't seem to have the same desire. And, you know, I, I just find it well, incomprehensible that they, sh they should come and get great contracts and get to one of the best clubs in the world and not show the responsibility of trying to achieve something good for their own benefit and for the benefit of the fans at home. It really, it defeats me. It really does. It's, and it's very upsetting. I just can't, can't take it. I really can't. You know, and I just trust that they, they show a bit of clout on Thursday. I really do. Well, the thing is now, Sam, going forward, you know, the, the best hope for Arsenal is that is once again the, the few homegrown players that are in the team are making a huge impact. And, uh, you know, I think if we can, you know, keep developing players like that, things will be quiet for Arsenal. But uh, also, it's bad signings. It's not just about signing players with ability. I think it's up to the managers, whoever makes the signings these days, to make a judge of character, whether they're going to be you know, the right type and be committed to the club. And uh, there's been so many failings for years now on, on the players brought into Arsenal. Mm. I, think, you know, I think that's where the problem is. But the kids are fine and uh, they're our future. It's, it's funny, but you mentioned, I think you mentioned about 10 of the, the, the double squad were homegrown, came through the youth, the youth system. Yeah. And I have, um, we were all given this Arsenal, Arsenal book by the chairman of the club. Um, celebrating the double and in it there was an article or just a little snippet about ten, the 10 players and it just shows you uh, they said they valued the 10 players somewhere in the region of £900,000 it'd be so much money <laughs> for £900,000 um, for the 10 players and that sounded really like bucket loads of money at the time but you know, when you think players are fast approaching, some of them, that amount of money per week, you know, it's, it is a big difference. But and it, what's even worse, if some of those guys are earning big, big money and they don't turn in a performance, you have to say to yourself, why do you bother? You know, but anyway, yeah. that's that's for the managers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got another uh, one last question based on this events this week, basically from it's from Terry saying, "What do you? What is for everyone? What do you guys think of Henri's comments towards about on uh, Daniel X imminent making of a bid to Arsenal and he's what he's uh, 
what he wants to bring back to Arsenal, what he believes Arsenal have lost throughout the years, understand Kroenke, etc. Well, I, I, I have nothing to say about that. It's that's that's political, so I have nothing to say about that. Yes, yeah, no problem, uh, Melvin. You put your hand up there. Yeah, I think that it's irrelevant what he wants to bring to the club. He hasn't got any got the power at all. Unless the guy wants to sell or does sell, we can make promises in the world. It's irrelevant. It's, it's, um, yeah, I'm just asking the question. You're playing a game of football by himself, the guy. <laughs> I want to take him on because only just yeah. once Cronky decides to sell. Number one, it, it's going to be done privately in this deal if there is oh, yeah. going to be a deal. You know, yeah. so they're all this. I hope it's not. I hope this guy's not like this. It looks like a talking show. So it doesn't matter who gets on his side. It's the Cronky decides to sell or not. That's the big. That's the big yeah. question. Yeah, also Neil in the chat as well, saying at least we have the likes of ML Smith, ML Smith Rowe and Saka that appreciate the chance they've been given and, and what it means to don that cannon on the, ch on the chest every week. It is. It's a, I think Sammy's said it before, and I've said it throughout the whole season, that the 19 and 20-year-old are running a couple of our best players, period. And then that's... When you look at the players that are about like, the experienced players, it's like... How are these? How are the young kids carrying you? You should be helping them, and hence why we're getting the well, injuries of Smith Rowe and all that as well. But, well, yeah, I, think, I think that that applied to in, in the double year as well because there was a nucleus Ooh. of uh, young guys coming through, and they sort of dovetail well in with the experienced ones, and there was a good spread of age there. You know, you had a few of the sort of like Ray, Ray Kennedy, Eddie, Charlie, Pat Rice, myself. Uh, five or six of us there were, were sort of 20, 21, whatever, along with people like Frank, who was 30, 31, and, mm. you know, and George Graham. Raddy's a bit older, but not that much older. But, you know, there was a good spread. And, you know, I think sometimes you get young, ever-vestment fellows like Charlie and, and Ray, you know, dovetailing so well that it inspires some of the other players, the more senior players, it says, well, look at what they're giving. I'm going to try and follow that. You know, and uh, and that's what they did. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to wrap things up there because obviously we're going, to, we're going for over now and me 20 minutes now. Um, we're going to give obviously Melvin and Richard and the guys a chance to tell people where they can find them and all that and plug the channels and also we may be doing a part three tomorrow on Richard's channel but we'll do a still sort of all the things on, on that out but um, we'll start with you Melvin where, can, where do you want to be found basically on social media <laughs> you can find me on uh, Melvin Anyways Arsenal Marks on Twitter but on this channel on Richard's channel over and over and over again Arsenal and on um, Andrew's channel <laughs> from Dial Squares as well. That's what I found. Thanks again for having me on. Absolutely no problem. And also, a massive thank you to Melvin because this is all Melvin. Everything that's happening this week is all down to Melvin. It was his idea to come to us and involve us in this. Well done, Mel. Thank you, Melvin. Thank you. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you. Nice, nice, nice to meet you. Sammy, 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 Sorry? Send my best wishes to Helen. I will, yeah, yeah. She's, um, she's just getting her Arsenal kit on for me. 
<laughs> and yeah, imagine, Lucky we can't see Sam. <laughs> okay, and, and I'm, 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 I'm still I'm still only a substitute as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, but actually, imagine, well, massive thank you to yourself. Thank you very much for asking me. Thank you everyone. All the best. And Richard, uh, what about, where can people find you? And obviously, everything uh, what, what, coming up on your channel on social media. Yeah, the channel's called Over and Over and Over Again. Um, obviously, last night we did a show on the 71 season. We had Tom Watt on. Um, in fact, Martin um, was meant to come on as well, but he couldn't get connected, unfortunately, last night. So it was good that he was managed to get on tonight, um, which was good. It's been fantastic for me listening to, to Sammy's stories there from the sort of 71 team. Just absolutely fantastic. You know, stuff that, I mean, I've followed the history of Arsenal, but when you get insight like that from some a, a player who was in the squad, it's just fantastic to hear that. You know, hear those stories. It's brilliant. I just really, really enjoyed it. Um, so, yeah, massive thanks to Sammy for taking part, coming on. And obviously, like um, Ryan said to Melbourne as well, for kind of pulling it all together. There's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes to get all these shows off the ground. And we're going to try and get one on tomorrow if we can. Um, there's a couple of other people that maybe want to get involved. So hopefully we can do that tomorrow. And then obviously the rest of the week, we're going to be looking at Thursday, aren't we? Big game. Big game for everybody. Really important game and exciting, but probably nervous as well. But you know, having having spent a lot of time this week looking back on the '71 season, you know, I think you know whatever happens on Thursday night, it's not going to be anything like that, is it? Any as dramatic as the way that that season finished, you know, with the, the final league game and the FA Cup final. So, um, you know, it's uh, obviously it's, it's a big game for what it is now, but I think in the overall scheme of things, when you look at what happened 50 years ago, it kind of gives you a bit of perspective, doesn't it? You know. Um, obviously, I hope we win on Thursday. I'm not as confident as Martin, unfortunately. I think it's going to be really, really tough and we're not playing particularly well at home and I think that might come back to haunt us perhaps on Thursday. We'll see. Hopefully, we can do it. We're, we're, really we're going to do it. I'm really confident. Really confident. No, well, I hope you're right. I really, really hope you're right. And I'll, uh, you know, I'll really mind you. Let's see what team he picks. He's got a dilemma this week, Arteta. Mm. So many different options. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the back four, it's four... There's no certain starter. You can't go right back, two central no. defenders, a left wing back. You can't say who's going to start. We don't know whether it'll no. be Zaka or Saka, Bellerin or Chambers, uh, with two centre-halves. We haven't got a clue. What a difficult no. Martin, job. Martin, I've got a question for you, Martin. got a question Martin, for you. This, well, season, well, this season, have you ever picked the same team as Arteta's picked? Uh, no, probably not. But things are things are so different now because of the squad and the rotation, and particularly this season, where you've had to play games every three days. It, all the managers, you know, it's incredibly difficult for them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I understand that. But I, no, I haven't. And uh, but I'm actually a big fan of Arteta, and I hope he's given the opportunity. It's going to be difficult if things go badly Thursday. He's going to come under. Uh, extreme pressure, but I actually think he's got a great deal to offer, and I, I think he deserves another couple of transfer windows. It still is nowhere near the team. It's not his team, far from it. And don't worry, the failings of the players that we know about, don't ever think Arteta's not aware of them, and he knows what to replace. So uh, coming in at Arsenal has been an incredibly difficult job for Emery and for him. You know, uh, love Wenger, what he did, but didn't it like has. the last five or ten years. I mean, you know, Wenger should have been moved on years before. 
I mean, I like the sentiment, mine. I do. I like your sentiment with Arteta, but honestly, what, what has he done this season to deserve, if, if we don't win the Europa League, we don't get through to the final, what has he done for you to deserve another transfer window, another season? What's he actually done to, to deserve that when you look at the results this season? Oh, has he gone? Stuck. It's frozen on my screen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Make it one minute, John. One minute. Yeah, no worries, Mike. Melvin, oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I was looking forward to that answer. <laughs> I hope you'll come back if you if you if you come back. No, I do as well. Yeah, because I'm yeah. I'm quite interested in everybody that that's 100 back in Arteta and, and wants to give him more time. Which you know, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I just like to know why people think that, what they feel he's done to deserve that. Because I don't feel yeah. at this moment he's done enough to warrant that. And, you know, I'm not saying it's not been an easy season because we know it hasn't, but I don't know. Mm. It just kind of worries me that he hasn't shown enough that he can, you know, if we've got a lot of money to spend this summer, and we might well have, because I think the owners, if if the same owners are still there, I think they are going to want to prove a point and spend a bit of money. And I don't want that money spent badly. I want it spent in the right way. And as, as Arteta... Is he going to spend it in the right way? That's what concerns me, looking at what's happened so far. The players that he's brought in or been a part of bringing in haven't exactly filled us with um, confidence. And I, I don't know, I, I'm concerned about... I would be If we don't win the Europa League this season, we're not in Europe next season, I will be concerned about next season if we've still got Arteta in charge, personally. Mm. But I understand that it hasn't been easy and he's a great coach. I fully understand he's a great coach. Is he a great manager? Can he motivate these players? Can he organise them properly? I'm not sure if he can. He hasn't proved it enough for me yet. And mm. I don't know. I, I thought last last Wednesday, uh, last Thursday, sorry, when that, that first half performance, I didn't see how there was any way back for Arteta then, actually. But to be fair, we kind of turned it around in the second half a little bit. We've got a chance on Thursday now, haven't we? You know, yeah. we, we can do it. You know, oh, they're, they're not a great side, Billy Real. They're not a great side at all. We made them look good for, for 45 minutes last week. Well, not a great side, for what goes, I think what goes in our favour is that the opposing manager we know too well. And he showed his, and again, he, Unai Emery last last week showed what he used to do at Arsenal, instead of going for the kill in certain games when he had to tip, when he had to tip the officers on the ropes. He had taken he took off what was it a striker last week and put a, put a cockerel on. Yeah, but that was an injury. I mean, no, that was that was sort of towards the end of the game. I mean, it, I thought time. it was. No, at half time there was an injury. He had an injury. That yeah. player got injured and you brought on a defensive player. But when you're 2 0 up at half time, you don't need to get more goals, do you, in a European game? You just need to keep a clean sheet. And to be fair, yes. that penalty that we had was ridiculous. I mean, I, I would be devastated if that had been given against us for You watch what's happened on Thursday now. That, that, that'll happen. Yeah, no, I can guarantee what happened on Thursday. They're going to get a dodgy penalty, probably. But anyway, we'll see. Hopefully they won't. But. You know what I mean? So I thought Emery, Emery in terms of, yes, he didn't manage the second half particularly well, but I think he did what most of us would have wanted Arteta to do in the same situation, is you 2-0 mm. up. You know, I can remember there was a game once, I think it actually, um, was it one that Sammy mentioned earlier when we played uh, in the in the Champions League and we played at home mm. and we lost. We were 2-0 down. We got a goal back to 2-1. And what Arsenal did, maybe Wenger's philosophy was, let's try and get an equaliser, make it 2-2, about last minute or whatever when we scored. And what Instead, what we did was gave the ball away and conceded a third goal, and that actually knocked us out. And you know what? What, um, what uh, I thought Emery was doing last week was he tried to say, right, okay, it's two nil. If we win this game two nil, that's a good result to take away from home. And I think if it had been the other way round, we'd have been delighted with a two nil home win. And in the second yeah. half, unfortunately, you know, we got that very very soft penalty, and uh, it's it's changed it all. Yeah. 
you see, if we would have been, if we'd have lost 2 0 and we've got them back to the Emirates, had they scored one goal, we'd have had to get four. They're in a very strong position in soon. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah exactly. And don't forget, though, they, they, they nearly scored a third. It was a good save from Leno, actually. It would have been 3 0 mm. just before the, we had the penalty. Yeah. So, you know, they, it wasn't far off actually getting a, a, an unassailable lead the other night from the way that they set the game out. They're not a great team, but mm. they did a job on us, certainly for 45 minutes last week. And we did get lucky. We got lucky to get the penalty. We're lucky to still be in it. But sometimes in the cup, that's what you need. And we, if we can turn that around on Thursday, which we're certainly capable of doing it, if we play to the, the maximum that we can, we can get through. But my worry is we just haven't done it at home. We haven't went at home for five games. Are we suddenly mm. going to turn in a performance at home when we really need it? Well, let's hope we can, but I'm not. Confident that we will. But has Martin gone? I know he's he cut. He yeah, he froze. I think he's. I think his, his signal must have gone. He's he's the same he was the same. Right, 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 People want people listening back won't, won't obviously see, but when Sammy and Martin are talking and you guys are talking, lived that lived through them that, uh, 71 season mm. and the season before, and like Richard said, it's it's so nice, it's so good to hear that. But actually, put a smile on my face and actually cheer. Mm. I think the thing going on, it's been that's uplifting and yeah, it's been fantastic. We've got something tomorrow, tomorrow, boys, haven't we? We've got this tomorrow. Keep this going, haven't we? We need to try, yeah. yeah we we yeah. need to try and get something organised for tomorrow. Yeah. That would be fantastic because yeah. I think there's a, you know, it would be good to go into Thursday night on the back of all this real high that we've had. And I hope I say it's not yeah. going to rub off on the players particularly, but it will certainly rub off on us. And it, you know, it makes me feel a little more excited about Arsenal in general because mm. you know there hasn't been lots to be excited about recently, if we're totally honest. And it's nice to have something like this, an anniversary such as this, of a, such a great achievement for the club. And to be doing what we've done, you know, people that were there, an ex-player, I mean, that's just amazing. That's to, to get Sammy on, fantastic. You know, it's a yeah, shame, yeah. Um, you know, tomorrow night the original show can't go ahead as planned, but um, which is a real shame. But, um, yeah, it's been fantastic, this. I've really, really enjoyed it. And it's just been great listening that, that, to the we'll story. chat tomorrow. We'll chat tomorrow morning. I'll have to make a couple of phone calls tomorrow morning just yeah. to see what's about. There might be, might, I doubt it. There might be something about. I'll just keep my fingers crossed, all right? Let's hope so, because it would be good to get something else on the go, wouldn't it? Just to finish off the week, you know, before we get into Thursday. Because obviously, I think once Thursday comes around, I think every all the focus has got to be on that as well. Oh, yeah. And and depending on the result, yeah. how we feel on Friday. And I know Saturday is the anniversary, actually, of the FA Cup final. And it would be nice to maybe do something on Saturday for that, maybe, as well, possibly. Mm. We're live now, aren't we? We're st yeah, we're still we're live, still yeah. Live. yeah, yeah. yeah. We can make we can maybe look at trying to do something maybe for Saturday for you know just focusing on the FA Cup final itself or 71 because that is the 50th. Obviously, you were there, Melvin, at the game. Yeah. Obviously, you know, a few other people that were there. Don't know if we could maybe try to organize that maybe for Saturday for that. Possibly. Yeah, if, if Wednesday's too short notice, you know, try yeah. and get someone on. Yeah, yeah. Saturday, might, Saturday might work yeah. better anyway because you know, especially if the result on Thursday hasn't gone well, it can give us something. To, to be excited about. Yeah. All right. Let's let's yeah. let's work on that, shall we? Yeah. Let's try and do something for Saturday for the FA Cup final. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. just do yeah. literally a show right. on the Cup final rather than the league season or maybe yeah. the FA Cup run and the FA Cup final. Do yeah. something like yeah. that. That'd be really good for the, for the good. 50th anniversary. Yeah. And I'll do a, I'll put a little intro together for that as well. 
Yeah, it's cool. That's great. Yeah. Well done. And it gives, yeah, it gives us. It also, like you said, it gives us a few extra few days to get a few more guests, keep people to come on the line. Exactly. Yeah. See if we can get a few people on that maybe yeah. couldn't. Martin Levy on as well. He's been in a few games. Isn't he Martin Levy. He's yeah, but stories I'm gonna as say, well. Into every single yeah, home day, bar one. <laughs> yeah. No, brilliant. I say, I, I just I, personally, you know, I, I could, I could just sit and listen to people. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Talking about the old games that they've been at and all that kind of stuff all the time. I just think it's fantastic. You know, I mean, I, I've, I, I go back a bit and I remember a lot of games, but when it's stuff before even I remember, I think it's fantastic. I just love that. Yeah. Because you know, it just I've read the books about. I've seen you've seen clips of it and you've seen mm. it like that. But to actually hear from the people that were there and their experiences of it is just unbelievable. For me, it's just brilliant. It's just one of the greatest things ever. And yeah. I would love it's to do it. It's been a good week so far, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a good brilliant. Week so far. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's fantastic. These two shows have been the best two shows I've been mean, involved in. Ever. Your two channels with, with Andrew, your two channels are always had good content, truly content, but this is to another level, doesn't it? Yeah, this is the last two days have been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, yeah. it's yeah. been brilliant. This is, this is the thing that I love. The history of Arsenal is something I really love. And to, to, to get that experience from people like you guys that were there, and, and I say Sammy as well. I mean, that was just, Sammy, the play, the play I was just sitting there thinking, wow, this is yeah. just incredible. <laughs> just listen to Sammy. That's the Danny Blanchflat story. Yeah. Yeah, he had loads of good stories. Yeah, brilliant. And that one about George Graham yeah, as well. That's George Graham, that's brilliant. <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's like you, just like you, Richard, I know. Because obviously we, we weren't there, so I enjoy it. Because yeah. it's, it's from people first. It was, in, this, in this case, it's not just the fans first hand all day, but we've yeah. able to, uh, a player, an actual player was there and in the yeah. in the months still. Yeah, oh, just brilliant, brilliant. I mean, I'd like to maybe look even further back in history and try and get some people that maybe saw us win the league in 53 or something like that. I don't know if there's too many <laughs> around now, but something like that would be fantastic. Yeah, Stuff that I've read so much about and I've studied a lot over the years to actually speak to people that experienced it in real life is for me it's just incredible to 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 hear that and to listen to those stories. It's absolutely brilliant. And tonight has been wasn't it wasn't it wonderful to listen how he gets Arsenal, Sammy? Oh yeah. Gets it, isn't he? Yeah. But you see, this is why for me. This is why, for me, it's so important that we get former players like Sammy who understand the club inside the club now with these with the players that we've got and make them realise how important it is. I mean, mm. you, you come by listening to Sammy. I mean, obviously, Arsenal means the world to us anyway. We it always has done, and, and that's you know we take that for granted. But when you hear Sammy talk like that from a, a player's perspective, it makes you think. You know, if the other players were to hear people like that constantly talking about that and how much the club means, and how important it is. Mm. I'm sure that would make that would get into them. It would because it, it got into me listening to Sammy, and I love Arsenal anyway. I don't need it to be reinforced, but yet listening yeah. to Sammy, it, it really hits you, and you think, Jesus yeah. Christ, this is how important this really is, you know. And and that, the players nowadays need to hear this, and they yeah. need people from yeah. that, you know, maybe people from Sammy's era to to be involved. You know, people talking about Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira, yeah, fantastic. But as well, people from you know David O'Leary was been mentioned before, people like that that really get Arsenal. You know, really get the old values that the club had yeah. and how important it is. You know, I mean, obviously, David Rowcastle would have been a perfect type of person, wouldn't he? Because he completely got it as well. But people like that, that's who we need. So many of them. Yeah. So many They're not involved in the club, are they? Why aren't these people no, involved no. in the club? Why? I know, Why I know he was involved in the club, but some who really gets it as well and so intelligent and great, well, more than a great player, Liam Brady. 
mean, yeah, but yeah, I've, I've, I've been involved for years, wasn't it? The youth level and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, hearing yeah. talk about football and talk about yeah. the Arsenal, I mean, it's yeah. amazing. The guy absolutely gets it. This is what the players lack. The players lack Mm. that. Our current squad, apart from one or two, as we know, the rest Mm. of them don't have that. They don't have that feeling. They don't have that understanding of what Arsenal means, not just to to the fans, but means to, you know, so many people, you know, from from former players and and people that's been involved in the club. It means so Mm. much to so many people. And on Thursday, and it's like Sammy said there, and and he's totally right, isn't he? How much that means to everybody that's involved with Arsenal, you know, not 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 the players, not the staff at the club now, but everybody else, all the fans around the world, the, the former players, and everybody like that. How much that game means to all of us on Thursday, and I don't think that half them players don't understand that. They don't get it. They don't no. get how, how much it means to so many people. I don't think they do. It's, it's their job, and fair enough, you can understand that they're, they're doing their job and they want to win. I'm sure, but. To actually understand how important it is to so many people, it changes your whole perspective on it, I think. And yeah, I don't just, know, it, yeah, it's it sort of lacking yes. in, in this team. Yeah, sort of touch on what you said about having next players. I've been looking at it as well. No coincidence after Pat Rice retired and obviously Liam Brady left in was it 2000, mm. what was it, yeah, 2007, maybe a bit longer, maybe a bit later than that. Liam Brady, I can't remember now, when they left the club. Yeah, yeah. other, other players have never, other ex players have never been. Allow back in basically. I mean, I remember in the early years of the Emirates, Tony Adams and a few other, a few other players from the early eighties and early nineties formed a consortium. They wanted to come on the board and all that, yeah, and be part of the club and sort of be that next generation of what uh, Brady and Pat Rice and all that. And they weren't mm. allowed. And I don't even it scratches their up. Why? Why? And hopefully, you know, whoever whoever may take over, if it ever happens, they can sort of part of the part of it. Reach out to these ex-players, elite, um, the players that are still with us: Pat Rice, uh, David O'Leary, uh, right? He bring him in properly. Kevin Campbell, Seaman, Dixon, Winterburn, Adams, even Adams for the more, for the ones that are more recent as well, as as well as far back as possible for the players that are still around. Bring them back, ingrain them back into the squad, into the club, sorry. Yeah, and have I mean, having them roles where they. When kids are coming through or players come, you know, signed from abroad or whatever, first thing they basically do is one on one with one of them players, and it's going mm. through the history of the club and what it meant for them yeah. as a player. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, and that's so important. It's so important. I don't think you can underestimate how important that is. And you can clearly see, as, as you said there, Ryan. You know, when when a lot of these players have, have left the club, then. Because we haven't had similar people replacing them, that's lost. It's been lost in the last 10, 15 years, hasn't it? It's been it's slowly and slowly got lost in the club. And you can clearly see that, you know. And it's a shame because um you it's just you can just listening to Sammy tonight has really brought it home to me even more, actually, how important that is. Uh, you know, just just living every like like you said, there's loads of people out there that have got that exactly the same feeling towards the club as Sammy has. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that we we need at the club. We need speaking to the players on a regular basis. You know, don't worry about tactics, and don't worry about coaching. Yeah, we have to do that. Of course, we do. But we need. You know, I think that the players these days spend too much time on all that stuff. Whereas in actual fact, they need more. Um, they need to spend more time getting the real understanding of what it means to play for Arsenal and what Arsenal means. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, to me, that that's, you know, they're obviously they're all talented players we've got in the squad. You know, they're, they're international footballers. They're, they're, they're really good players. And, you know, individually, they're great. But do they really understand 
how important Arsenal is. I'm not sure if some of them, some of them don't, clearly. No. You, don't win, you don't win anything that hard. You've got a bit of heart. No, and I, and I, yeah. I guarantee you this, right? Say we win the, say we win the Europa League this year. Right? Let's let's assume that we do. In fifty years' time, when not necessarily, I don't know if I'll be around to celebrate that. Probably not. But you know, um, the people that are maybe celebrating the fiftieth anniversary of winning the Europa League and maybe invite some of these players on, a Bamiang or whoever it might be, come on and speak about it. They won't have that passion that Sammy just come across with, will they? Yeah. They won't have that. Absolutely no chance they won't. Yeah, that's another reason I I enjoyed tonight because obviously from an ex-player's point of view, mm. not just seeing the story, but you could hear and feel the passion. Yeah, of course you could from him, it, and yeah, I love exactly. that. I, I miss that. I mean, yeah, but all the players used to be like that, didn't they? Back in mm, back yeah. back in them, not even you know, even more recent than that. You know, even you know, in the eighties, even you know, I would say the eighties plus not that the early not the nineties, even the nineties, like the nineties team, the Adams and Dixon, yeah. all that. They, it's the, it's this. This century of players are, are, are mercenaries, yeah. so we say. They're just, they're just in it for them. They, they yeah. use us. They use the day. It's like about Sammy says. They don't appreciate. They think the grass yeah. is greener, and it's not always the case because the players have moved on, and it's been absolutely turmoil for them. They've wanted to come back. It, it shows more as well. I think on a lesser scale is that we haven't got any players in this team that defend other players on the pitch. Years ago, if someone took a bad tackle from someone, mm. someone in the Arsenal team would go up and bring something back. You wouldn't get that mm. now. There's no way. I mean, for example, um, um, Saka. He's been getting mm. some really horrible stick the last few months. Right? He's been mm. targeted. Let's face it. Right? I've never seen one Arsenal player do the left back or have a go and, like, no. it, it would have been done or should have been done. He I mean, they got it. Liverpool got it. Yona would do it. Miller was doing the Liverpool team. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, exactly. As well, if he was playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Terry in the chat, by the way. Bit, thanks, Terry, for tuning in tonight. I know you come from Mitchell's channel initially. says, hats off to the three of us. And big thanks for all your hard work. I think we can all, he can talk for everyone and say a fantastic few days. Many thanks to all of us, basically. And as he said, as we just said, we're going to try and organise something for Saturday as well, because obviously it is anniversary, the 50th anniversary yeah. for that. So we're going to try and sort something out for that. And... Keep you out for that. It'll either be on his channel or Richard's channel. We'll sort that all that again. We'll sort all that out. Probably on Richard's because it's only fair because I've he started it, so may as well end the trilogy there. It's, yeah. Um, well, obviously we can sort it out for that anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we exactly. can get anyone who played in the seventy-one cup yeah. final, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah. Then you can they, they could get reunited with the ball, Melvin, as well. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's yeah. all. <laughs> That would be nice. George Graham. Right. Let's get George Graham on, shall we? Let's, let's all go out. If anybody out there uh, has got any way of contacting George Graham, you know, good terms with him. See if you'll come on a show on Saturday and talk about the 71 FA Cup final. Because he did claim a goal that wasn't his, actually. The equaliser, yeah. The you equalizer. need to talk about that with him as well. Plus, he can see the ball that he didn't kick that, on that particular game. <laughs> you know, we can get him on. So if anyone knows George Graham, please... He wanted to um, come back on, bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we, need, we need to talk about this with him. He, he needs to clear it up. He needs to clear up that, that first goal. Finally, he needs to talk about that. Because I, I think we all need to... You know, we need to get to the bottom of that because nobody has really been sure, have they, since. I think George Graham still thinks he touched it. So it'd be yeah. interesting to hear exactly what he has to say about it now, actually. So, um, yeah. so yeah, if anybody knows George Graham personally, then stick him our way and see if he'll come on Saturday. That would be brilliant. Yeah. Right, yeah, good. So, yeah, before, the last comment before you finish up here is um, Stefan saying, I used to have a little key ring with a fold-out book of photos of the Arsenal oh. double-winning side from 71. 
Yeah, I said COVID on the bedroom wall, actually, it's the 71, the cup final and stuff like that. I got them out of a book that I had. I stuck mm. them on my wall, in my, on my bedroom. That was good I, when I was a kid. So, yeah. Mm. Great, great. I mean, you know, for me, this 71 double was the thing that really um, cemented my kind of support for Arsenal, really. You know, mm. just reading about that and hearing about it and everything else is just fantastic and to hear these stories this, this week has been uh, has just been amazing for me personally absolutely brilliant yeah. hopefully yeah. more yeah. can you never know I, I hope so, yeah i mean if we if we, yeah. if we can get something sorted for saturday that would be absolutely fantastic that would just top it all off for me top off a good week yeah. well hopefully you might be uh, maybe a decent one coming on saturday as well oh look what i found look what i found <laughs> Ooh, oh, you found that. it. You found Tom's book. <laughs> I knew you'd have it last night to show him. I'm sure he would have loved that. Yeah, no, yeah, I've, I've yeah, got it somewhere. Actually, I wish I found, I wish I found mine. It's somewhere yeah. about. I've got it. I'm all, it's a I'm good book, that, isn't it, Melvin? It's a really good book, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It is. And he was fantastic yeah, as well last night. No, he was. Yeah, he's, yeah. All, he's always. And we had some three good guests on tonight, didn't we, gentlemen? Three good guests. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we did. It's brilliant. Every single one of them. Again, like I said, because of. Because they're all for either players or fan perspective, they were in they were involved in that season. They it's yeah. ingrained in them because they they were there sort of thing. So again, it's not as as we all we've kept on saying, it's fantastic to hear their their, their own memories because it's yeah. all well and good. We all we we watch it back on video or read it, read about it, but when you actually you're listening to it from the fan, the actual person's perspective, it's everyone's got a different memories as well, and different perspective. Yeah. No, it's been again. It's been it's been I mean, my favorite story, my favorite story of the night was literally the George Graham hiding and doing yeah, the last. That was, mine as well. that was brilliant. That, that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Read my comment in the, in the private chat. Yeah, I've said, I've said that. Yeah, I've said, right. not said it, I've seen it. So, yeah, right. so we'll be wrapping up soon. But also, we are doing a couple. If we do, we are able to do a uh, show on Saturday. I'll be digging out the, the uh, 71 Cup final t shirt I've got, which oh, we can see in the background. So I'll be putting it on with the, with the right cannon the right way around. That's what yeah, I like. Yeah, ex- right yeah, exactly. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, the right Same way around. Yeah, yeah, the right cannon, <laughs> which is what I've got on my logo as well for my channel because you know, it's I say the history of Arsenal is, is the biggest thing for me. You know, yes, yeah, so all, all the games now they're all important and we love watching them, but you can't take away all that great history, can you? And um, yeah. that's one of the things that's always attracted me to Arsenal all that tradition and history that there is. I mean, hybrid and marble halls, all that kind of stuff. You know, you can't... How can you not fall in love with Arsenal when you see that? You know what I mean? If you ever exactly. saw a marble hall, once you go there, that's it. You, you mm. can't support anybody else. You just couldn't. It'd be impossible. No. It's fantastic. Exactly. And that's, that's you know what, what Richard, yeah. I would have been happy being a, being a commissioner there at Ivory. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? I just I love yeah. to have been a commissioner at Arsenal. Right. Yeah. You think, well, what's that? No, I would have loved it. Just to be part yeah. of that. Being that marble yeah. hall every day and watching people yeah. go forward and backwards and that. Every, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, that, that place was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yes, we, I suppose we had to move for size and stuff like that and all that kind of stuff. And But it, the, the club's lost a lot of what it, it, what it was, what it stood yeah. for, what it meant. And it's a shame, you know, and, and this, I think this last year or so in particular has particularly maybe brought it home even more to me how 
important that was and how we didn't maybe appreciate enough at the time you know you took it for granted didn't you you turn up at Highbury every week for the, for the matches yeah. and you know it was just it was just your home so you didn't really think about it too much um and yeah it's it's I don't know it's it's a shame but I suppose progress is progress as Tom said you know you can't change it you can't go back you just have to try and find ways around it I suppose and doing stuff like this may really help you and goes, with, goes yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw oh, Gary. Gary's joined us. He's kind of not having a bit of a joke at us at our expense. That's nice, isn't it? We're going on here, Gary. We're the stars. It'll be nothing about us, would it? It'll be nothing, nothing about us. It'll be a show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But with that, guys, we're going to wrap things. We're going to actually, yeah, we're going to wrap things up 20 minutes late, half hour later, whatever. But yeah. Again, massive thank you to Sammy for coming on as well. The two Martins and obviously Richard. Again, more so Melvin for putting this all together in the first place. He had the idea. We've just come together to put it all out to fruition, basically, over our platforms. And hope you again, again, like I said, we hope you'll get something sort of for Saturday. Yeah, and once yeah. you do know, you guys will be the first to know. Trust me on that. We'll let you know as soon as possible. And yeah, until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your, your evening. If you're new to the channel, you've what we've done tonight. Go and check out part one over on Mitch's channel now. Afterwards, after you sign off, yeah, watch that. Yeah. And show. yeah, yeah, and yeah, we'll see you again soon. As always, up the Arsenal! Come on, you guys! Come on. Come on.